broadcasting from Singapore and broadcasting all around the world. You're listening to the Ignite EdTech Podcast with Craig Kemp, created by an educator for educators and streaming to the world. Now, over to your host, Craig Kemp. Hello and welcome to episode 102 of the Ignite EdTech Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Kemp, and I'm honored to have you join us. As most of you know, I continue to work with the incredibly talented Mark Quinn to improve the final audio quality of this podcast. He has his own podcast production studio that provides editing and mastering services to content creators. To connect with Mark, please see the details in the podcast notes below. Last week, I asked you about inclusive practices in your schools. Thank you for your thoughts and ideas. This week, I wanted to ask you about the one tech tool you love the most. When asked, what tool would you share? Share it with us and tag them in on social media. Let's help them spread the word too. I'd love to hear from you. Please share with us via our Ignite EdTech social streams. A tool that has positively impacted the authentic and purposeful use of technology into classrooms and meeting rooms that I have worked in is Poll Everywhere. Poll Everywhere is a student response tool that offers whole class participation and assessment through teacher designed surveys, polls and discussion boards. Available on just about any platform from the web to iOS and Android to all major presentation providers, set up is quick and easy. Teachers can register for a free account with limited responder access that includes the ability to create questions that can incorporate images and text as well as graph results in real time. Paid premium features include data reporting and grade features in addition to more responder access. Teachers create and project surveys. Students use specific survey codes to text or submit responses from laptops, computers, or mobile phones. It can be a great way to combat device distraction. The dashboard's intuitive design, while somewhat lacking in pizzazz, allows for quick classroom integration or for teachers to bank surveys for future use. Only those who have the specific code are able to participate in the surveys or discussion. In addition, users can integrate site-generated polls within PowerPoint, Google Slides, or Keynote presentations for a more engaging and interactive experience. Make sure to get students involved in the design process. Show them how to deliver audience-grabbing information by integrating polls and surveys in their presentations to appeal to various audiences as well as entice audience participation. Of course, Poll Everywhere is only as good as the teacher's questions, prompts, and response options. Therefore, students will truly benefit from the experience and potential whole class discussion if the prompt elicits such a conversation. I highly recommend that you take a look at the link in the description below, polleverywhere.com. Last week, we talked about DEIJ and the tech tools I love and use within this space. If you're interested in learning more, go back and listen to last week's episode. This week, I wanted to talk a little bit about my journey as a startup founder. 18 months ago, myself and EduSpark co-founder Andrew Mowat embarked on a journey that neither of us thought would take us this far. We said to each other, let's do it ourselves, when faced with a situation of not having a platform that met our needs. So we did. Exactly one year ago this week, we launched eduspark.world. Being a startup founder and entrepreneur has been a crazy ride, and I wanted to share some highlights and lowlights here today for those of you thinking about starting your own journey in this edtech space. Let's begin with starting out on this journey. 
If you're like me and just about every other teacher I know, you have ideas. You talk about them, you think about them, you share them, but very rarely do you act on them, mostly because you don't have time. When does a teacher have time to follow through on these crazy ideas and make them a reality? The idea started as a small way of us building a tech-specific platform to support some schools we were working with in countries all over the world. The current course provision platforms we were using just weren't doing the trick, nor did they provide the features and facilities that support adult learners in every aspect of their learning journey, especially in the K-12 space. After multiple conversations, we approached some developers and started the wheels in motion, not taking on any funding, but bootstrapping it and doing everything we could to fund the project ourselves. Bootstrapping, as a concept, is a term for starting a company with very little capital, relying on our own money for investment and running the company off our revenue rather than taking on external funding rounds. The purpose for this, from our perspective, was to ensure that we had complete control of this and no one else could take away our ideas or concepts, no matter how crazy they may seem. The business element of these sorts of companies scared us, and we didn't want an investor to control that. We wanted this to be a platform built by educators for educators through teacher and leader voice, and that's what we're doing. We started by listening, and listening is what we did. We had hundreds of hours of conversations with teachers, school leaders, and external thought leaders about professional learning and how to access it. We identified gaps looked at current tools that meet some of the needs, and then we started building. We didn't do this alone. We worked on every aspect of the platform and ran beta testing with everything and everyone along the way. We utilized our connections and our partner schools, and we still do that with every new feature today. Every new feature or every new course comes from a direct conversation with a school or leader telling us what they need to help make their job easier or to make the role of the teacher learner more engaging. The platform went live in September 2021, just 12 months ago, and is still one of my proudest moments today. Not just talking the talk, but walking the walk. But the proudest part of this was that we had hundreds of people backing us believing in us, and not just talking the talk, but building with us. We had schools jumping on board as paid users, and creators building courses that met the highest of standards that we set. We had published authors, keynote speakers, principals, and teachers from every corner of the globe building content on our platform. It was incredible, not just because we had this trust, but because our dreams were becoming a reality. People often ask me, what platform does EduSpark use? And it always provokes a little giggle because our developers have done such a good job of building this that it looks like we've white-labeled another solution from a system that's been around for multiple years. But the reality is that every single part of EduSpark has been built from scratch by our incredible team of coders and designers. I owe the world to them for the work that they do the meetings they sit through, the ideas we throw at them, and the crazy things we ask them to do. But every time, they don't just deliver, but they exceed expectations. Don't get me wrong, we've built something pretty amazing in an incredible short amount of time, but this hasn't come without its bad points, its downsides, and its frustrations. 
there have been arguments, negative conversations, even threats, financial scares, and much, much more. But every time we come out on a positive note, I've had to learn to be a mentor, a salesperson, a finance leader, a marketing expert, a social media guru and design lead, a developer, and so much more. But every day I learn and I learn by giving things a go, trying something new, making mistakes, and most importantly, learning from them. I'm sure I've come across pretty pushy, but I'm not a salesperson. I'm learning. I'm sure I've built elements inside the platform that are not relevant but I'm not a designer. I'm learning. I'm sure I've spent money on things that weren't necessary, but I'm not a CFO. I'm learning. Over the past 12 months, we have built the technical elements of EduSpark. We've launched over 120 courses, onboarded more than 3,500 educators from more than 20 countries, worked hand-in-hand with more than a dozen international schools, have launched a live video platform inside EduSpark, data insights for creators and schools, an institutional landing page with the ability for schools to customize their entire experience. And in the next week, we're launching our communities of practice and events platform all inside EduSpark. In the coming months, our roadmap will even bring a blockchain-based evidence portfolio and appraisal system, which we are so excited about. And this is just the beginning. To achieve what we've achieved in short 12 months is sometimes hard to believe, but it's a reality, and I wouldn't have done it any other way. The reality is that none of this comes naturally for myself or Andrew, but we spend 80 plus hours a week each dedicating our lives to the development of what we believe in. Being an EdTech founder is stressful, exhausting, and at times super lonely and overwhelming, but it's the most rewarding journey I've ever been on. If being a technopreneur is something you've always dreamed of, do it. Take a risk, try it, and see where it takes you. If you ever want to ask questions or learn from our mistakes, ask us and we'll share. Both Andrew and I are always happy to meet and chat with anyone, to share more, and to give people help on their journey. To learn more and to jump on board, go to eduspark.world and create a free account. Connect and follow with us on our social channels and, of course, follow the links in the description below. Thank you so much for being part of this journey. Every week, I bring you a short interview with some of my edu heroes, an engaging learning experience with someone who makes a difference in education every day, with a particular focus or angle towards educational technology. This week, I had the pleasure of chatting with Brad Cates. Let's have a listen to the chat. Today, I have the honor of speaking with Brad Cates, a good friend of mine who's an experienced primary teacher based on the Gold Coast of Australia. Brad is a New Zealand-born Australian educator with a wealth of experience with primary teaching and leadership in New Zealand, Australia, and Singapore. Brad, it's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Are you ready to talk about education and technology integration? Thanks for the introduction, Craig. Um, I look forward to our chat today. Yeah, let's go, mate. Let's start by talking about your current role and what inspires you to do what you do. Okay, well, I'm, I'm currently back on the Gold Coast, as you mentioned. Uh, I'm teaching a year four class this year at Somerset College. And for those people that don't know, Somerset College is in Mudry Bar. It's a, a beautiful little setting. It's a P to 12 school. Um, and in the junior school, we follow the IB uh, PYP framework while also utilising the Australian curriculum. And I think, 
what keeps me enjoying my job is in these past 16 years is just you know the, the letters or the emails or messages I get from past students who just let me know you know what a uh, a great effort I did or just let me know that you really did make a difference in my life at those younger years and today it's different teaching's different there's always something fun and exciting to do one minute you, you're teaching English and then it might be mathematics and or inquiry and it's just it's just fun and I really do enjoy my job yeah and I love that and you know we, we've lived together here in Singapore and work together and I've seen you in action and you know the it's not just saying it because we're mates but also because of the amazing things you do do and the the credit you've had everywhere you've gone you do do things differently to other teachers you're exciting you're engaging you use technology to add value to learning tell us about your experience teaching across all of these different curriculums and different countries What's the main difference you've noticed and what have been the challenges? Well, I think I've been very lucky that in all of my schools over Singapore, Australia, and also in New Zealand, that I have been at schools that do follow the PYP framework. So in that regard, the transition's always been a relatively easy one. But in saying that, a challenge has been that different schools utilise different programmes to best teach the curriculum. So, for instance, I'm, I'm familiar with three to four different spelling programs that are available to us as educators. Um, just recently um, at AIS in Singapore, I had to become very familiar with the reading and writing workshop framework. And I guess as an educator, you have to be a quick learner, but also it allows you to grow as an educator. And that's one thing that I have taken away from all my schools. I've learned so much because schools do do things slightly different. I was jumping on that a little bit as well. I love the idea of you know, picking and choosing and finding the things that work and weeding out the things that don't work and really establishing and changing your teaching practice over time to continue to add value, not just to your teaching practice, but to the learning of students that you interact with every day and for those around you. We have a lot of interested listeners um, from all over the world interested about this expat lifestyle and international teaching. Tell us a little bit about your experience moving from Australia to Singapore, you know, why you did it, and tell us a little bit more about that experience. Yeah, we were very lucky that we stepped into uh, one big family. The expat community in Singapore is, it really is a family. We're welcomed instantly. Um, people were inviting us over to their homes, wanting to know a little bit about ourselves. And, and despite the fact Singapore when we were in Singapore, we lived through the pandemic. It's still some of the greatest times that you know my family have ever had, and things that things that we have done, we will always remember. And especially our children, even now, they often mention things that happened in Singapore, and we look at look back at it with fond memories. And obviously, we met you and your wonderful wonderful family, Craig, and we call you our dearest of friends. So our time in Singapore, despite the fact of the pandemic, there are things and times that we will always remember. For us as well, we've been in Singapore 10 years now. We thought that expat journey would be a couple of years. And you know, along the way, we've met some pretty outstanding people. We've had outstanding opportunities presented our way. And you know, having you and your family over here uh, was an absolute pleasure. And like you said, lifetime friends out of it as well. And I think that's one of the beauties of teaching internationally, not just push yourself, try something new, take a risk, but everyone else is in the same shoes you know everyone's in it for the first time or trying something different or you know pushing outside of their comfort zone as well so there's a lot of similarities to continue on a lot of 
the schools internationally too have exciting mindsets, innovative, forward thinking. Uh, you know, a lot of the listeners of this podcast are heavily invested in integrating technology authentically and purposefully into their classroom. And a lot of schools internationally do provide great technology integration. We've talked about this before as well, about the opportunities that technology adds to not just teachers, but learners inside of those classrooms too. And you integrate technology seamlessly into your classroom, Brad, which adds huge value to the learning experience for your students. You know, it connects your parents and it provides you with amazing analytical data on demand. What are the benefits of using technology and why do you do it? Well, I remember the days, my early days of teaching where I was still using a blackboard and there was that one desktop computer in the back of the room and now it's one-to-one devices. It just allows for information to to be quickly sourced for the students. Um, As a teacher, you're able to share videos or websites or passages via something like a Google Classroom to help support your lessons and obviously the learners. The technology just lets the students share their learning in a variety of creative ways. I'm always learning from my students. It really is um, such a wonderful thing, technology in the classroom. It allows for seamless collaboration in group tasks, for instance. And with schools more and more moving towards the digital portfolios, it allows parents to feel more connected with their own children's learning and, and their progress. It allows our learners to be, really become authentic global learners and citizens of this world as well. So it's wonderful that technology has come so far. And as I mentioned, I'm, I'm always learning from my students. Yeah, and I think that, that last point's really important, Brad, the whole idea of you know students know more than we know, and that's okay. You know, they can teach us things. Often technology becomes the scare factor within a school or an institution or even in homes that parents and teachers get worried about not knowing something or not staying up to date, but actually you know, giving students voice and choice in what they can do and then becoming the teachers is one of the critical elements of this new way of teaching and learning and engaging in those spaces. So it's a really good point and you know, credit to you for the work that you do in the classroom every day, uh, listening to students, using technology uh, and bringing parents on board that journey too. Let's jump into some quick fire questions, Brad. The first thing that comes to your head and maybe a brief why. What's your favorite EdTech book or resource? I would have to say uh, the most powerful at the moment is Moat for me as an educator. The The ability to give oral feedback uh, to a group's Google slide or helping a student to up-level their writing via a Google Doc uh, is just it's brilliant. It's just so powerful. So I would definitely say Moat. Yeah, I love Moat. Moat's a massive favorite of mine as well. Do you have another go-to EdTech tool that the listeners need to try? One that was released a few years ago that I've really started using once again is ClassroomScreen.com. They really have added some fantastic new features. Uh, In particular, I really like that you can upload uh, YouTube videos to it and you don't get confronted with any of the ads. Sometimes you have to be careful before showing a, a YouTube video to students, but if you use it via Classroom Screen, you don't have that problem. I love it. I'll, uh, we'll make sure the links to these are in the podcast notes as well for those listening. What's one daily habit or practice that helps you enjoy, progress, and succeed in your career, Brad? Something that I introduced about five, six years ago, something very simple is that every single day the students in my class sit at a different seat. They're at a different table. It makes them talk with, mix with, 
learn from, get inspiration from different students every single day. And by doing that, it is really allowed to create this atmosphere of trust and community and family in my classroom. And so that's something to the listeners out there. Just try that. I really do think it allows for wonderful community feel in your classroom. And you know, final question from me, Brad. I wondered, you know, in today's world where teachers are put under so much pressure and stress and well-being is critical to making sure that we do our best, what do you do to look after yourself to make sure that you're at your best every day when you come in for the learners in your classroom? I do make sure when I leave my classroom for the day, um, I leave my work at the door. So I walk out the door knowing that I've done the best I can and that I'm also prepared for the next day. And then when I do get home, I, I spend time with my family, of course, um, help them with their homework, um, cook dinner with my wife. And then I also take a little time for myself. So at the moment, I've sort of got into bike riding over the past three, four years. And so I go for a, a ride for an hour or so. And that has really helped me um, be the best version of um, my husband, a father, and also as a teacher. I, I love it. And it's something that, you know, as teachers, we don't do enough. And that's think about ourselves a little bit and be a little bit selfish. We always invest so much time in other people that, you know, we're seeing a whole massive state and rate of teachers dropping out of the profession. Uh, and I love that you invest time in that as well, that you do your best while you're in there, put in an absolute ton of effort and energy, but also take some time out for your family and yourself. Brad, awesome chat today, as always. I know that the listeners are going to want to follow and connect with you. What's the best way for them to do that? I'm not really on social media, but the best way to connect with me would definitely be LinkedIn, um, an easy search using my name, um, Brad Cates. I would love to hear from anyone, connect with anyone, speak with anyone about living the expat lifestyle. Um, and it's one that I also hope to do again in the future. I love it, Brad. We'll make sure the link to your LinkedIn profile is in the notes below. Thank you so much for your time today. Inspirational as always. Thank you, Craig. Next week, join me for episode 103 of the Ignite EdTech podcast when I'm joined by Lisa O'Master. If you enjoyed today's episode, please follow us and share the podcast with your PLN and colleagues. Please remember to spend a few minutes to rate this podcast too on your podcast channel of choice so we can reach even more educators and edtech enthusiasts globally. Remember, you have the chance to win as well. Check out the links in the description for more, and I'll see you again next week. If you liked today's episode, please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss another episode and be in the drawing to win prizes every week. If you know others that would enjoy the show, please hit that share button and brighten their day. Join us again next week for your weekly EdTech hit with at Mr. Kemp NZ. We'll see you again soon.